This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 454, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 454. My name is Ali Coluccio, and joining me is Ryan Haupt. Hello. And the guy you're probably much more familiar with, Josh Flanagan. Hey, it's me. I'm the, only, I'm the, one, I'm the one who's left. They, they, they said, here are you, and they just threw me keys, and then there was a puff of smoke, and the door was just swinging back and forth. So I I pulled in these these two fine uh, iFanboy contributors and we're gonna we're gonna make a go of this and you know what it's gonna be good. I don't it's think this is amazing. A twist anyone saw coming. I, I think you're right. It's the story that no one wanted, <laughs> but everyone needed. Exactly. You're the, you're, you're not the iFanboy we uh, deserve. I can't remember the Batman line. Remember the Batman line, everybody. What do we do when iFanboy falls down, sir? <laughs> get guest house. <laughs> We've got Michael Caine already. <laughs> We are iFanboy, and we like comics, and every week we read a whole bunch of comics, and one of us picks the best book that they read, and we call that comic the pick of the week. And we talk about it here on this podcast, along with other books of the week and various other topics of interest and goofy nonsense and silly voices. Before we get to the show, this is your obligatory spoiler warning. Uh, It's a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happened in this week's books kind of the thing uh so if you're worried about spoilers pause the show go do some laundry clean up the house come back when the coast is clear but if they Uh, do chores they won't have read the books that we're spoiling they have to go actually read the books too or read the books too well if you're gonna go do laundry you have all that time never mind it worked in my head uh this week josh had the pick and that is why i'm doing the intro I, i did have the peak uh the pick peak whoa (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I had an overnight flight uh wednesday from san francisco back to new hampshire and so i read them all like on the floor before i got on the plane and and on the plane as long as i could stand up or stay awake oh no what's happened is that i did a red eye flight and then got jet lag coming back the other way all at the same time and and, it was, <laughs> and i was a i was a middle seat on a on a red eye flight so I don't recover as fast. I finally bit the bullet, and I got one of those stupid neck pillows. Yeah. Which I've made fun of for years, and it, it was totally worth it because I could sleep a little. But anyway, let's. how about airplanes, huh? <clears throat> so the pick of the week is Thor God of Thunder, number 25. That wasn't because I forgot. I was trying to be dramatic, and then I kind of fell asleep in the middle. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when you're old. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when I say it. When you say it, it just hurts. Um... <laughs> So this is the final issue of Thor with penis. Um, yes, as we understand it. Well, as far as we know, I, I guess. I mean, as we understand it, I think we understand what penises are pretty well, Josh. Well, as I, yeah. I would hope you guys do. I mean, you've got to walk around with them. Plus, I'm a scientist. Yeah, part of the training. <laughs> it's day fourteen. Penises. Oh, I've been looking forward <laughs> to this. Did you do the reading? Um, I skimmed it. <laughs> 
Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, for me, uh, this Thor run of of Jason Aaron's uh, as the primary writer um, for the last twenty five issues has really been uh, really one of the huge bright spots in comics for me uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was really something special, and you know, it was a uh, it was a new take on Thor, but one that felt very very classic instead of coming in and saying we're we're reinventing everything uh it was like a it was like a way to make a thor that looked totally uh recognizable but was just a a different uh look at it without a reinvention if that makes any sense um and you know like sort of every time one comes out you're like that was very good again uh and and it kept going that way and you, you got to spend time with these three characters the old thor and the young thor and the current thor um and it's just been uh, it's 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 been real good. It was sort of like we all knew Jason Aaron was a very good comic book writer, um, and we all knew Isad Rabik was a very good comic book artist. But for some reason, the two of them together on this uh, became more than the sum of the parts. So um, as we come to the end of it, that's a little sad. But I'm totally fine with the idea that things that are good do not and should not go on forever. Um, they're going to go to the next version of Thor, which is teased at the end of this, uh, which came out uh, to some sort of I don't want to say controversy because it was just people complaining about something they didn't know anything about, which in comic books <laughs> should be ignored uh, at all times. Uh, but the next Thor is going to be a female. We don't know anything else about it. That's just the line to make people post on their blogs and, and Twitters about it. And that's what they did. But uh, in order to get there, what we have here is this sort of this wrap-up issue um, that that sort of uh, has a couple of guests on it that, for me, was, was a lot of fun right away. Um, R.M. Guerra... Uh, was was the artist of uh, of this sort of uh, basically an origin story from Malekith. Uh, if you don't know who Aram Gera is, he was the uh, artist on uh, the creator-owned series Scalped that Jason Aaron did with him for a number of years, which was my favorite ongoing series um, at the time. And and uh, he it looks great. <laughs> Just really uh, sort of great to see Gera drawing again and. Uh, working with Jason Aaron, and that was really, really fun. Uh, you know, and it totally is just like a classic sort of Norse myth kind of thing. Uh, you know, like the the horrible dark elf life and 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 birth of Malekith. Uh, and then after that, you have you have these framing sequences by uh, Isar Rubik. Uh, but then after that uh, is Simon Bisley on on a story uh, of of young Thor and the Frost Giants. And honestly, I don't even know what that story is about, and I didn't care. I was just looking at it. That was so gorgeous. It was so gorgeous. I just slowed down and took like 20 minutes to read those pages. It yeah. was so fantastic. Yeah, last time uh, we saw Simon Simon Bisley regularly was he was doing um, he was doing Hellblazer uh, when that when that was killed in the womb. Not really the womb because it was old. <laughs> yeah, very, very old. Well gestated that series. But you know, like this was a different look uh, than what was going on uh, in Hellblazer and. Uh, I, it's just it was it was it was really good looking. It was like totally fun to watch. I felt like I was, I was reading an old uh, heavy metal comic, um, you know. And then basically in the framing sequences, we we spend time with the with the three what are they the three Thor girls? They're not really the Thor daughters. So the hammer yeah, sisters. they're his granddaughters. They keep yeah. calling them the girls of thunder, which mm-hmm. I don't know that I like. But um, yeah, I think it's a they're bad his roller derby team. It's not really yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I like them. I like being with them, although I don't know the difference between any of them. The one is more rash. That's basically uh, where I went. We don't know who their – do we know who their mom is? No. no. I don't like that. Well, I mean, we don't know who their dad is either because they're his granddaughters. Oh, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. 
I didn't even think of that. I was I guess I was the basic I was genetics. Day one. <laughs> don't don't get. You know what you're doing. Science it. I'm gonna yeah. science it. Uh, unless unless Thor is also the father and grandfather. This these are the Norse of those gods. Do- of those girls. It's true. It's possible. Um, I mean, yeah, Freya or Loki is somebody's mother at some point in Norse mythology. It gets crazy. Go. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even want to, I mean, the thing that really put me over the top for this to make this pick of the week was, was the art, you know, like I was just really happy to see these artists. It's like these three great, great artists. Uh, and it was really fun. Uh, you know, and the story was, was good. I got to live in the, I got to live in the world with these people. Jason Aaron's got them down completely. Um, for me, like those are the, those are the things that, that have been starting to matter a lot more. It's just like that, you know, it just, it looked really, really beautiful and it was good to look at. And the, the synergy between sort of artist and writer was, was great. And it was a nice, you know, finish up. And then it gives you a little, uh, uh, um, cliffhanger into the next, into the next thing. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if Jason Aaron's writing it, I'm down. Cause he, there's, there's nothing that makes me think that he's not going to make that interesting. And I want, I want to know who the lady Thor is going to be. And how that story's going to work. That's going to be... That, and I want to know what happens to old Thor. All sorts of stuff's going on. How come he can't lift his hammer? I don't know. All of the answers will hopefully... All of the questions will hopefully be answered. Wow. I don't want them to be answered too Not soon. With the words. I don't want them to be answered in a preview uh, post. I oh, would no. I like to read them slowly and, and, I, and say another 24 issues, then I will know. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm saying play it out. Let me enjoy that. That'll be good. What do you guys think? I like the um, kind of like denouement kind of issue. Yeah. Like it was like a good 24. transition. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, like it wasn't like a big, huge end of epic thing. Like there was like we had all the stuff happen and now it's like it was just like a good quiet spending more time with characters that we've come to know um, piece. And the art was really gorgeous and i kind of love like it's like a mini anthology kind of thor comic mm-hmm. um which is pretty great and i've i've also been loving jason aaron on this book um it's really viking and really metal and <laughs> i i can't wait for lady viking metal now um and thor with his giant axe thingy instead of mjolnir should be pretty awesome. He's really cool with that axe. There's a. He does look really cool with that axe. There's a couple of panels uh, that that Bisley did where he's you know they sort of basically show him from a distance a little ways you know in profile. That axe looks badass and it's yarn yarn so that's awesome too. That means like ice bear or something, right? Yarn yarn, maybe. It, it does translate. Okay. I translated it one day and I now I'm forgetting. Of course you did. Not being helpful. But. Have you, have you, are you are you reading the the Thor God of Thunder stuff? Yeah, I actually think I liked the um, the previous issue to this a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was a little bit more invested in the epilogue to the actual story than I was in the more anthology style. So I still enjoyed this, but um, I think I would have been fine with the issue twenty four being the final issue. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but Garrett I also didn't the cover any of that. The, the cover of this one is confusing me. I, I hardly ever look at covers anymore. Because it looks like Thor's already got the Devastator arm, but he still has two eyes and is holding Mjolnir. So I just, I don't know what's happening. No, I think it's, I think it's uh, the different Thor. So I think in the middle, that's Thor as we know him, and that's why he's got the regular helmet and the regular face. Ah, and then it's, because okay. the cape is on one side and not on the other. Right, good call. Uh, and so it's old King oh. Thor on the right, See. and then it's young King, young Viking Thor on the left. It's Iron Bear. It's not it's Ice three Bear. three of them. Yarn Bjorn. 
It's, Iron yeah, it's, it's left Thor. Left side of it is is young Thor. Middle <laughs> one is current Thor. Right side is old King Thor. Yeah. You know what I guys had yesterday? Hmm. Uh, I had uh, Harkel, that Icelandic. It's very it's it's Viking food. It's Icelandic fermented Greenland shark. Oh yeah. Why did you have that? Because uh, for an adventure. <laughs> I've had that before. Um, what the hell is with both of you? <laughs> well, I was in Iceland, so that was my. I got, I got mine in Iceland too. I and just brought it back. It, you, you let it travel. Oh, you, oh, you snuck it back. Oh, well, I we declared got it. it on my customs forms as fish jerky, which it technically well, they, kind of is. Well, they also have like the fish jerky stuff. Yes, the, this, uh, no, this is the actual Herkel. With uh, the Herkel is. I had it live on my podcast. Just to yeah, so my reaction is recorded, but oh, felt, felt the Herkel is rough. Well, I, I, I followed it with a shot of Brennavin, so it felt just appropriate when mm. talking about Thor, because it was very Viking and metal of me. Yeah. Do you think that they retch directly afterwards? <laughs> I didn't. I held I would. I, um, but I'm, I, I... It only tastes like ammonia for a minute. For a minute, and then you swallow it, and then you and drink you a lot a of Brennavin, yeah. and it tastes I, like rye bread. Well, wait, I did on. drink a lot of Brennavin. Now, 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 you can just help me with this real quick. A Greenland shark. Right. What is a Greenland shark? Greenland shark is a shark that lives up in the Arctic. It's a very large animal. I believe it's a filter feeder, so it's not like the kind of shark that would ever attack you. Um, The thing that's interesting about it is that it has – the water it lives in is so cold that it essentially has antifreeze, you know, organic antifreeze in its blood. So if you just killed this shark and ate it, you would be poisoned and die. Right. So the way so, that you prevent yourself from dying is you let the you bury I think you bury the meat bury for, it for a year. Yeah. And let it kind of ferment down there and then you hang it in a barn and let it keep fermenting for another couple of months to a year. And then you uh you eat it cuz the it's rotted enough that it's no longer poisonous. Huh. Because fermentation is the science of controlled rotting of food. Huh. Don't that makes me think my bourbon is rotten and I don't want to think that. It kind of is, though. I mean, if you've ever smelled the mash tune when they're actually fermenting the stuff. No. Okay. Cheese. I don't need to. <laughs> All of these are just controlled decomposition to the point where we can eat it, but the bacteria can't. Well, all right, then. That was a, uh, that was, that's how you get beer, basically. Somehow it's related to that, but without the shark. As I yeast. Yeast instead of Whatever. shark. Yeah. Shark yeast. That's uh, yeast. <laughs> yeast sounds much less offensive. <laughs> just in general um, now uh, I would say that my award for creepiest uh, comic book of the week from a mainstream publisher uh, is Daredevil number 8 he would not be able to eat Harko I bet you don't think? no he oh, wouldn't Daredevil. be able to get near it I thought, yeah I was thinking you meant the purple man for a second but yeah that makes more sense Oh, that no, should, that I, should be what, the purple, the purple man would just make everybody else eat it Yeah. I, oh, that, that'd be a great <laughs> issue is if he made Matt Murdock eat it but his power doesn't work on that right? I don't know. I, I thought, don't remember. I, Maybe that I was thought there the was a, a visual component because he's purple, that the fact that Daredevil's blind meant that the purple man's power doesn't work on him. Oh, I see. I always thought that there was just, it was, I don't know. I just figured it was a pheromone. I don't know why. I feel like hmm. there, was, there was a pheromone thing going on. Anyway, uh, this is actually uh, very uh, important. It's auspicious because uh, purple man uh, is, a, is a very good villain. Uh, I've found when he shows up, it's a big deal. Uh, Bendis made that so, and he gets uh, he gets killed in this one by a brood of his own children, uh, who he has seated um, by non consensual means. 
uh, over many years so that, that he would have people to love him. And then they didn't love him. They just looked at him uh, like the children from The Shining. They're, yes. Or is it The Children of the Corn where they have like the glowy eyes? Is that, I don't, I've never seen that. I don't know. I hated horror movies when I was a kid. Um, but I could watch The Shining because I thought it was cinematic. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I really I, – I dug this and I was super impressed by – uh, by Chris Somney going really dark because people tend to think of this as a sort of fun book mm-hmm. uh, and he creeped, he creeped me out. Like, it's super creepy. All the shots of the kids just staring at him. Yeah. And, and, the, and the whole scene where uh, where he's yelling at them to love him, but it's not an order. I was, I was, I was really, really well done. This was a, a fun issue. It and I liked him and uh, Kirsten at the zoo. Where she's trying to train him to tell the difference between a puma and a leopard. Mm-hmm. And an alpaca and a llama. Right. I still struggle with that one, and I can see. <laughs> it was... I like that it did have, like... I like that that was the opening. Yeah. I, that I, you I, kind I, of have this cute, adorable, like, stuff that I've... That we've come to get used to with, like, Mark Wade and Chris Somney on a book together. Like the part and where then he jumps just, up to talk to the really ape. scary. Well, that upset yeah. me. You shouldn't do that at zoos, people. No, you shouldn't. And I also, like, is he, so is is he just fully out now? Yeah. That's that. that is the way it yeah, is. Yeah, he's not... fully and completely 100%. He can't wear the I am not, I'm not Daredevil right, shirt okay. I think I, I, I lost track of that at some point along the way. But, um, no, that's good. That's, but I, I, I don't know if I agree with him doing that. It was a funny visual, though, so we'll take it. I don't know. It was fine. Yes. You guys, are you guys, are you guys still digging Daredevil in the same way? Because this is one of those things that's been good for a really long time, and sometimes when something is good for a really long time, you're like, eh. This well, issue I, peaked my. Oh, go ahead, Allie. Yeah, I, I feel like I've kind of definitely been doing that with Daredevil. I feel bad to admit that, um, because it has. It's just been like really good, and it's hit a groove. And I feel like that if for whatever reason I happen to miss it when it comes out, I just pick it up the next time around and it's fine. Um, it's really it's written in such a way that if I miss an issue, I, I don't feel I can jump right back in very easily. Yeah. No, um, and they were doing that stuff where I don't know if it was actually tied in, but there was an original Sin banner and I wasn't really paying attention to that. So this is the first issue I've picked up in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so good. It always makes me smile when I read it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was really, I was actually kind of disappointed because I really like the Purple Man, and and they've actually been good about. I don't think he's shown up since that Daredevil run a really long time ago. And I was like, well, all right, somebody's going to do a good Purple Man story, and maybe maybe once or so. But I, you know, but Mark Wade's been so good at it, I don't want to see that. And then they offed him, and I thought, oh God, kids with that power. That's I was going to say, but now there are purple children. Oh, and kids are horrible, so that's just bad. <laughs> Which I think is how I felt about this issue is that I think it piqued my interest more, you know, more so than. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like I really enjoyed the issue. Like, I want the next issue more than I cared about this issue, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But for me, that's fine. It was, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a cold open in a way. Or like a first act, I guess. And you just they, they set it all up. Oh, man. He did such a, he did such a nice... It's funny, because for a book like Daredevil, like we don't really get to see him draw in this way. But I'm looking at that same page where he's, he's yelling at the kids and he's, you know, Somni's painting with, with, with black, basically. Or, or yeah. around the black as he does, and, and just keeping the light source, you know, off to the side, and that's all we get. I feel like we haven't seen that kind of Somni art in a long time. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, and I love it. Like I remember cause he did the mighty for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of his earlier stuff had like a much darker kind of tint to it. Definitely. Um, and, and when you looked at his sketches and stuff back then, there was a lot of shadow and that yeah. was like his thing. And, and it's funny for a book that daredevil, it is typically known as being super shadowy. He hasn't really done that. Um, and then at the same time, like there's the one, two, three, there's uh, like a, basically a 12 panel page. Uh, when when they command uh, they they command Purple Man to sort of go go off himself, uh, it's a really nice page. It's just sort of one of those like like a bunch of different quick shots as we watch what's going on, and you can see like the pain in his face as he doesn't want to do the thing, and he's just like, no one can tell me what to do, no one can tell me, what, and they tell him what to do, and his train hits him. Um, really nice storytelling in there. I just it's just like you you just you can just flip through this. You actually don't need the words. It's one of those issues. The words are nice and everything, but. You kind of just sort of look at what's happening. I would love to get a Somni drawn silent issue of pretty much anything. Oh, he could do that. I mean, he's one of those guys. We were talking about this a little last week. Is that he? Like, he's one of those guys who's such a good storyteller. Like, he just made sure his craft was was his kung fu was tight before <laughs> you know before he got to big leagues. I think. Um, wow, the uh, the mighty what was a long. What was that? What was it called? Wait, it was the mighty, wasn't the mighty, it? Yeah, that was such a long time ago now. It was before or around ish irredeemable, actually. Yes, and it was it was stronger, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it was um, Peter Schneeberg did mm-hmm. the first half or the second. I think he did the second half because Somni went to do Thor. I think is how it worked. Could have been. Or was it the other way around? No, I thought I thought Somni was on the second half. Maybe. Wow. So he wasn't even the big man then. That's amazing. Because I feel like I came on at the end and then just got the trade. Oh, okay. And I remember the Somni issues. Good stuff. So uh, speaking of guys who worked together for a long time, and that didn't really what we were talking about, but it makes me think of that same sort of era. Uh, <laughs> but it's like they came up around that same time. Uh, Wicked and the Divine, uh, number four, came out this week. Uh, I like this, but I don't love it, I think. But not because there's anything wrong with it. Um, I just don't quite get it. It's a slow burn. I thought. Um, yeah, go ahead. I think I think Gillen very much takes his time world building. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just I remember that from um he did it into Journey into Mystery too, like he just takes his time building everything up. Mm -hmm. Um, so that when he does knock it down at the end, you end up crying really sad because of Kid Loki. Um, but, uh, I think, I, I think that's my main critique of the book is that I, I do like the world building, but I feel like it's almost getting to be a bit much. This issue I liked because I felt like we finally had a little bit of forward momentum with the whole Lucifer did, didn't kill that guy in the courtroom. So, um, and everybody, you got to sort of, you got to sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, laid out things a little bit. You got to make sure you knew who everybody was. It sort of checked all that stuff, which I thought was good. Yeah, and I felt the introduction to the rest of the Pantheon in this was a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, let me walk into a room and here all of you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made it a little bit easier as a reader. No, I agree. That was. That Do was... we know why Woden is Tron? Because. <laughs> okay. I'm, I mean, honest question. Like, it's not a critique. I mean, it's a cool visual. I just, all the other gods... You know, they don't necessarily have a classical look, but I don't understand why Woden would be Tron. Um, 
don't know, because he's... I don't know. Because okay. he's like a Anglo-Saxon Odin, right? He's like dude and... Yeah, it's just, no, yeah, it's just another name for, for Odin. It's where we get Wednesday. The word yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. He'll always try to give you facts, and sometimes I want him to know that I knew that fact before he said it. Uh, I'm not surprised. Because, because I, I have self-esteem issues, obviously. That's why you do something <laughs> like that. Um, I don't know. There, there's... I think like that part of it I really like, but I think there's the element of I don't know if British club kids or something that's going on that I don't quite understand. <laughs> like I'm impressed by it. Like I'm reading through it, and I like it, but I don't know that I I don't I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of always feel like that whenever I read something by Team Phonogram, and I just pl- go through it. I'm like I'll either pick it up or I won't, but I don't think it's important enough to the story to hold me back. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but, I still have no idea what happened in the first volume of Phonogram yeah. to this day. And I'm sure Ron <laughs> does, and he could explain it to me, but I... don't I, know. I, 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 it doesn't mean it wasn't good. I just, I don't know. I don't actually, I don't, I don't get it. I know what I took away from it, and I just don't care about the rest of it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I loved in the art for this, um, when Lucy breaks out of prison and the sprinklers come on, the water does not touch her. Or her hair, which is amazing. It's just well, like there's like a you know an aura around yeah. her mm-hmm. where the water just isn't hitting, and I, I I just that visually I thought was a really nice little effect. I think McKelvey's just been killing it oh, on I this agree. book. I think, like, I think his face acting is super strong. And yeah, I really. I my, I think my favorite thing about this issue was um I don't know her name. What's the girl's name? Laura. Just looking it up so I could right. Okay. Uh, when when he's she's talking to uh, Ball. At the end, and and he, and she's saying, "I would not." And she's like, "I would, I would so hard." Like her, her, her monologue that is <laughs> right. You know, and, and you're watching like the the drawing of her face, uh, trying to hide that back. You know, and she's like, "I love you, I love you." It's okay. It's Fucking okay. Nailed Whatever. It. Yeah, like <laughs> I thought that was really strong. I mean, I I absolutely absolutely think that if we look at Kieran Gillen, we can see. Uh, that he's come a long way and and can do all sorts of different kinds of stories. I've liked a lot of things he's done. I've never read something he did where I thought that was bad. I, he does <laughs> things I don't like, but it's not because he's bad. Uh, it, but then at the same time, to watch uh, Jamie McKelvey, uh, like you can see it very obviously on the page. Like his his sort of his strengths are are legion. I suppose. Yeah. I also feel like Matthew Wilson's cover or colors are adding a lot here. Yes. yes. I think, the, and I think the two of them have really gotten a great, like they've hit a really good groove together yeah. um, because he's been coloring him for a while now on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all comes together and wonderful. Right. Cause the, I mean, the texture of the book is just wonderful and the, the way he plays with shadow and light is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many little touches that it's that thing where it's, you know, unless you read through, I, I bumped into Matthew Wilson at a convention and this is the first time I've read Wicked and the Divine since then. So I was really trying to pay attention and like, it's kind of a revelation. It's really impressive. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, I think, I think Matt Wilson is one of my favorite colorists. Yeah. It's very hard because Jordy Belair. Um, but well, like, you know, like there's him and, and yeah. uh, this, you know what? It really is. It, it went from there not really being many colorists of note. Mm-hmm. To there being an embarrassment of of riches, I guess, in comics, where yeah. 
you know, you've got Jordy and, and Betty Brightweiser and, and, and Matthew Wilson. I put them sort of in on a, on a little team. They're, doing, they're the people doing the really good stuff. But there's something like Lee Lowridge who came out of Vertigo, you know, and is now, now doing, uh, you know, Remender stuff and things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a good time if you appreciate comic book color, I suppose. And it sounds like we do. Well, good. Thank goodness. I couldn't tell you why. I don't entirely <laughs> understand. Uh, why I like color. It's one of those, I don't know if it's art, but I like it, but I think it's, I do. It's, it's that finishing touch on a book. For me. You know, like it's, it's, it's like you can throw icing on a cake and it'll still taste good, but like sometimes when it's just placed really well. I think it's more than that. I think it's, ha- I mean, like it's that, that I don't want to, that underplays coloring though, because. Yeah, I guess. I, icing, you know. Icing, I think, doesn't even make the cake as much as coloring does. You can, I mean, you could ruin something with bad coloring so fast. It's the quickest way to destroy beautiful comic book art. Uh, so that's really something. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Matthew Wilson also drew, also colored uh, the Daredevil issue. Um, yes. He's not normally the colorist on that, I don't, I don't believe. I, oh, interesting no. that they brought him on for an arc about purple people. This is what I'm saying. Right, they were like, "This this issue is gonna have a lot of color, mostly purple. We're gonna need somebody who's an expert. We're gonna need Get somebody who doesn't mess that up." <laughs> so Matt, so Matt Wilson has two purple color covers these out are, this week. He's our best this purple. We can divide is very purple. Oh, he's known for his purple work. That guy's, <laughs> that guy's a purple. He's expert. in his purple period. Some people play blue. He goes purple. Yeah, that's true. See what I did uh, there? Yes, I did. Um. Uh, uh, all new X, all new. Wait, I wrote on the candy, but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> see that in the script. Now there's the error. Sometimes I get confused myself. So all new X Men has gone in this direction where they are, they just they, when just when you were comfortable with where everybody was, they threw everybody to the wind, and all of the X Men went to other to uh, wind. dimensions and eras and all that stuff. Oh no, they're all in the ultimate. Are yes. they all in the ultimate? Is that is that's, that how it that's is? That's my take on it. Hmm. I don't know. I picked up. I haven't. I haven't been on top of this because it double ships, and I can't keep up with books that double ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I picked it up. I was like, ah, it'll be fine. And like, I'm like, I was halfway through the issue, and I was like, I really have no idea what's happening. They're all in different places. What did I miss? Well, here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, the only thing I remembered reading about it was Jean Grey and Miles Morales. Yes. It's it's by far the most interesting thing that's happening here, partially because I don't know anything about the Ultimate Universe other than Spider-Man, because I don't read any of it. So here's what I think is going on. Okay. The uh, the all-new X-Men uh, found a, a big spike in Cerebro last issue that they had to go investigate, <laughs> and that mutant appears to have some sort of reality-warping power where uh, she can uh, manifest portals to back and forth between 616 and the Ultimate Universe. And so it seems like all of the all-new X-Men have been flung into the Ultimate Universe at different geographic points. So Angel winds up in the Savage Land, where uh, Wolverine's son is living. So that's why you got a blonde kid with claws. Uh, Beast winds up in Latveria, which is kind of a funny sequence. Um, X-23 is on a fo- football field. Iceman's with Mole Man, which I thought was kind of funny as well. Um, I thought he, it was him trying to fend off the Moloids uh, badly. <laughs> And then, yeah, Jean Grey wound up in New York, and she started messing with stuff, so Miles quickly swung over and was like, hey, who are you? What's going on? And that's kind of where we're at right now, is they're all trying to figure out where they are and what's happening, and uh, Jean is the first one to realize that they're not really on the right Earth. And they have no idea how they're going to get back. Uh, but they don't... Yeah. You know so now she's stuck out of time and out of and space. <laughs> yeah. 
That's one of those things like where they went and they sort of, I guess they sort of clean up a problem in the regular universe because now you don't have two of everybody, but it's not as much fun. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Well, and yeah, like is this is this Well, Cyclops is still quo? Yeah, but he's young or, or are they or is this just an arc and then they have to get back? I mean, I, I And then if they get back, do they go back in time? Right. So many questions. They need, I think they need to get rid of the the old X-Men. Just get rid of them. I'll be fine with Kid X. They've lived long enough. They have. It's fine. Um, Death of Cyclops. I'm but, ready for it. But, like, I mean, one of the things that... Obviously, like, Bendis has a, a good handle on Miles Morales. And he uh, he's very fun to read. And I, I really like, you know... So I could just watch them talk about what the problems that are going on. And at the same time, this week, you have, you know, him... He's in his regular book, too, dealing with, you know, the fact that Peter Parker seems to be around, too. So he's got a lot of stuff to deal with. And he's not going to mention it in either book. Uh, outside of that, which I think is <laughs> it's just something we have to know about, and uh, and and then finally, uh, Dave Marquez is very good. I really, really, really liked the the the, the two page spread where she's reading his mind and she has to see everything right. that's going and on, and she kind of gets the whole, which I love because they did that with Gene in like one of the first issues. Mm-hmm. There was that big like fantastic spread, but there was a very similar layout that Eminem did. But uh, Dave Marquez didn't do. The I was about to say it, I book. got it mixed up. It's uh, Mahmoud Asrar. Yeah. Um, which, which, by the way, there's another guy that I've known for a long time, and he just keeps getting better and better too. There's definitely like a there's there's a relation to Dave Marquez here. Like I think they they look very similar and stuff. But you're right. No, Marquez did the Ultimate Spider-Man book this week. That's why I got confused. But uh, actually, you know how I figured out that it was it was a Mahmoud uh, at the beginning. Uh, I think he says they're speaking Turkish, and I was like, "There's no way he'd pick Turkish if Mahmoud isn't drawing this." And I went back. <laughs> yep, there it is. Which I thought was a really interesting line, and then I really loved the reveal that Hank was in Latveria, and he's like, "Nope, that's why I thought it was. That's why I couldn't get any of my Turkish words right. We're in Latveria." Because <laughs> Turkish and Latvian are really similar, as far as I know. It's like Norwegian and Swedish. If you can yeah. speak one, you can understand the other. Yeah, sure. Back to Thor. Back to Thor. <laughs> it always comes back around when you ate, when you ate some Kafarsk. Um, anyway, if you wanted to order some strange Norwegian delicacy that had been dried and saved. Oh, think, is it on Amazon? Would you think that you'd be able to do that from Amazon.com? I will check right now. You could, that's what you should do. And one of the ways that you can help support iFanboy by doing very little out of your way uh, would be going to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, which will give you a link to the regular Amazon store, and you don't even need to think about it after that. Um, It'll give us a little cut of what you buy from them. So when you're making that big purchase uh, to get all of those rolls of duct tape sent to your house, um, (laughs) go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and uh, that will help us out a lot um, when you have to do anything. Uh, and you can also go to ifanboy.com slash registration to be a little more direct about things. Uh, if you want to be uh, the person who, who is appreciating fully uh, the content that you've been receiving from us and, and, and the, the community and all that kind of thing that, that has existed over the years uh, in its many forms, I admit that, uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash registration. You can donate $3 a month or $30 a year or whatever it is you want. You can do whatever. We, just, we came up with those amounts uh, to try to be nice. Uh, Icelandic shark jerky is not available on Amazon, but other types of fish jerky are. I can't. Well, do they have the harfit? I think it's harfish. It's basically like a haddock or a cod, and they they dry it like a jerky, and then you eat it with butter. And it's I searched amazing. fish jerky. I, f- I have very few results, none of which are based out of Iceland or our sharks. Are any, so. of, are any of them prime eligible? 
Uh, yeah, a lot of them are Prime eligible. Well, there you go. I would recommend checking <laughs> to make sure that the fish you're getting is not, like, you know, being overfished or something like that. A little conservation message here, but, mm-hmm. you know, just be, be a responsible consumer with your fish. <laughs> While you can. Maybe buy a smoker. Maybe make your own fish turkey. Yeah, that's fine. At one point, you're going to have to explain to your grandkids what fish were and uh, what they used to taste like. <laughs> and then I'll go, I never really liked it. <laughs> I tried. I always tasted too fishy. <laughs> and they're not going to know what that means. No, they won't. It's fine, though. Um, it's not fine. It's actually horrible. But in order for me to be able to deal with it, I have to say it's fine and then move on. Um, so I think that Satellite Sam number 10 uh, is, uh, is, is the sexy book. It's the sexy book. That's, that's all that I ever have to say about it. No, uh, I, I go back and forth with this. Like half the time, I don't really want to read it. And then half the time, I'm going, this is so good. And this is often in the same issue. Wait, why don't you want to read it? What's, what about it is making you not want to read it? At certain points, it gets a little bit... Uh, I start to lose track of, of who some of the people are and what their plot line is and what significance the things are that are happening. Okay. I know that, I know that the, the, the main character... Uh, Michael, I think, you know, like he's trying to find out about this secret of his dad's and he's only got these photos and lingerie to go for. And, and I know that we had, I know that's supposed to be super sexy time book, but then he he ends up uh, sleeping with the lady at the store. Um, I don't know why. And I, I, it wasn't entirely clear. That was almost like a flashback, but so that was just there for no reason. And then at the end, uh, the, the super Christian lady is so turned on by all the, the sexy, uh, uh, lingerie that was received there that that she's she's willing to go the other way on it even though she doesn't like the guy and yeah, it doesn't entirely make sense but I'm super interested in the story of the guy who's pretending to be black, who's pretending to be white but he's black um, it's just like it's all over there. there's a ton going on here it's like a, it's like a soap opera in lingerie do we know if this is an ongoing or is this limited everything at Image is is an ongoing until it isn't. Okay. Basically, okay. that's that's not that's unofficial. Sort of the way that it looks. If you look, there's not really miniseries anymore. Everything is just and they don't say. You know, like it, it doesn't say the front's never going to say ten of of eleven or something like that. But I can't I, mean, I can't imagine how many people who's reading this. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just very very specific. Um, but at the same time, I also think that this is like this is the best Howard Chaykin artwork I've ever seen. Like I th- I think it's so good. If you look at what he does with texture on everything, the texture of the suits, the texture of the lingerie, the the you know all that stuff, like it's amazing. Well, and like for a talking head book, you know, you have panels where faces are just repeated back and forth, yeah. And it doesn't actually look like he just repeated the face. It looks like it's drawn again, or at least modified enough. You know, like sometimes they do that, mm-hmm. where they just repeat backgrounds or faces or things like that. And it's nice to see that even in a book with people in suits, uh, not superhero suits, but regular suits and talking heads, we're still seeing a lot of variety uh, in the way that that's depicted. I feel like he's not a guy who would do that. Just and it's because, refreshing. Well, yeah, and just because he's, I mean, he really does come from an earlier school of of things, you know, like, in, and so I don't even know, maybe he is doing stuff digitally, but it certainly doesn't feel like it. It just looks like his work. If, if anything, it's, you know, like, it's like he's using Zipatone. If you look at the, the patterns, like of the pinstripes of the suits and things like that. But then, you know, some of his shadows are super analog. They just look like a scribble. You know, like he's. Uh, I really like that about it. It feels super tactile. It's one of my. Wasn't one of, like, it's one of the things I can't quite let this go. And then there's that little color bit in the middle of this. 
that sort of like jumps out at you. Um, it's I'm I I will stick with it. I mean, it, like it's a it's a it's a really interesting book. Is anybody like I, is anyone out there reading this anymore? Is it just is it just me? That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> it's only you. You're the only one buying the book. <laughs> I, I know that's not true. Some others must be. I was. Um... My plan was to trade weight on this, and I'm assuming that since this is issue 10, there's a trade out there already. Yes, there's at least one. So, um, I would, I'm curious how it would read like that. I think I would get more out of it in trade form than I would in issues. I since feel I'm, like... I'm less familiar with this kind of stuff than you are, Josh, so... Oh, it's super interesting in terms... Like, the part of, like, media building and this other... I don't know how much it's going to hew to reality, but, like, you know, there, this network's going to go away. It's gonna get beat, but there's that really interesting vertical integ. <laughs> there was a, there's a guy with a media education. There's a really interesting vertical integration story going on. <laughs> and look at the look at the time. I've got to go. I don't know why I thought they've already could sold this the faster. sets that can do color, and everybody else will have to buy new sets. Isn't that fascinating? I want to. I totally want to see what happens with that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Shit. Um, and now a complaint. Um, are you guys reading Uncanny Avengers? I, I just don't. I don't talk to you guys about comics enough, so I have to ask you this with every every issue that comes up. Uh, no, no, nope. Oh man, no. I started, and then I don't know why I fell off, and then I was just like, oh, I have too many books to read. It's been so good. This is like the best Avengers book. I don't even read any of the other Avengers book. It's been awesome. This issue wasn't very good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. this is this is the one Remender's writing, though, right? It is, and actually, the Remender's part of it was just fine. It's that the thing that's made this book so good all along is that um, Rick Remender is. Uh, I don't know that I can say it's entirely on him, but he's a very good curator of art. He sort of always makes sure that the artists that he's working with are. If, they're always really good, but they're also really good for him for the thing he's doing. And on this for a really long time has been um, Daniel Acuna, and and like one of the unsung best best art uh, jobs uh, in comics for the last year or so. And this one was drawn by Salvador La Roca, and it is totally not up to snuff uh, with some of the other stuff. And he might you know he might be fine to draw. It's not bad. I'm not looking as bad, but just compared to what it has been, it just. It totally feels like they had to get some guy to do it, and it doesn't fit with what they had been doing, uh, and it's kind of disappointing. Although they are revisiting this uh, Red Skull with Charles Xavier's brain in his head, which is really terrifying. I I utterly recommend this book. I think it's been hands down one of the best uh, Marvel books for since since this whole relaunch has been going. I I think it's better than the Captain America work. Uh, it's super good uh, Avengers stuff, and and like Alex Summers is a really interesting character. You guys should read this. It's great. Putting I was reading it. I, I read like the first fifteen or so issues. I think yeah. I just, you know, it's it's again. I mean, is this double shipping as well? Everything is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to keep track of everything. What do, you, what do you keep track of then if you don't read this? Uh, more. I mean, at this point, mostly image stuff. Right. Um, yeah. There's not, there's Plus, not other Marvel I, books over it. Well, uh, I've been doing. I've been doing more of like the like the Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil is monthly. Hawkeye is it's when like, it comes out. It's less than months. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I I, I find uh, She Hulk. I'm reading. I find like I there's a lot of Marvel titles I read. I'm just not 
It's mostly not Avengers or X-Men. That's fine. That's fair it's, No, it's funny. The whole Bendis moving to X-Men thing really did kind of shift my attention. I only uh, read the one book. I don't read any of the other stuff. I just read all new X-Men because I like those characters. I mean, I would say that Thor and Daredevil are my number one and two, which oh, we've yeah, Thor. sung the praises of. Um, I'm, I'm actually planning on jumping back onto Spider-Man for this Spider-Verse thing. It actually sounds pretty fun. I read the, um, the Gwen Stacy issue because that As was the Spider-Verse out. I thought we week. might be talking about it. We can talk about it now. Can we hide? Can we hijack Uncanny Avengers? Sure, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I don't even. I don't know anything about it. It I was an alternate reality universe kind of thing. Where if what if Gwen had been bit by the spider instead of Peter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It seems like they're doing like these like one-off issues for each of these very different Spider Men. Like I think the last one that they did was. Uh, was like a Spider-Man noir. Right, and it ended the same way this issue ended. Hey, spoiler warning, everybody. Um, there's Spider-Men from different universes recruiting right. other Spider-Mans. So, and it looks like this is this is British Spider-Man. Yeah, he's... he's. Uh, I heard Dan Slott talk about this. It's the, um, the whole Captain Britain thing, how there's the multiverse where there's Captain Britons all over the place. Right, yes. One of those is One of a those Spider-Man. Is a Spider-Man. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Like, and that's an idea where I'm just like, yeah, let's roll with it. That sounds fun. Um, I don't know. Like, I really thought this was a fun issue. I really like the character design. And a lot yes, of people were talking about that. So that's character. the main reason I picked it up. I've even seen a few people cosplaying it already. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to do with it after this. Like, I kind of want to read more of Gwen Stan. Like, like, her dad finds out that she's spider. Like, they do like the classic, like, She's just Pete. It's it's like they reverse her roles with Peter's, and so um, Peter is the one that ends up dying tragically instead of Gwen, as um, the lizard, as the lizard, <laughs> and um, J. Jonah Jameson is after her head as usual, um, and the cops hate Spider Woman, and her dad is like, is he the chief of police? He's like Cap- he's Captain Stacy. Yeah, it's Captain Stacy. Um, so there's a, a little bit of a tension when they, when she reveals to her dad that she's actually Spider-Woman. This issue also made me, and Matt Murdock works for Kingpin and whatever, but this issue also made me realize how much I didn't like, uh, the Rhino in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Cause this was good Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> good Rhino and bad Rhino. I like Rhino on a good day. Joe Kelly did a great Rhino issue. And so did Greg Rucka. Yeah. I think was it Greg Rucka who did the one, the flowers for Algernon spinoff thing? I that was I thought that maybe I thought that oh, was, it was Joe Kelly. Oh, um, you're probably right because yeah, but Greg Rucka did the first issue of that Web Spider-Man book, so I oh, got right. confused. I'm a confused person, That's Josh. Fine. It's fine. We can I, move on. I don't remember that stuff's all gone. I liked that issue. It's all gone. Flowers for Algernon. I haven't been able to get into regular Spider-Man for years. I can't do it. I don't know why. It's the thing. Uh, finally, I ran into Jason Howard. At uh, the the Granite Con, which is our New Hampshire comic book convention, and I said, "Dude, your work in trees is so good." I go, "I'm not, I'm not even just saying that because you're here and you're standing in front of me. I just love like if you look at what the guy came from from doing Astounding Wolfman to doing this other strange book that he's building a world in. Would not have guessed it was the same artist. Not even close. So good. It's so it's so great, and it's so it- creepy and uh, what's the like." Just spatially, it, it's really interesting. Like when they pull back and they show the trees from a distance, and you sort of are seeing how the world works. 
it's also interesting knowing that Warren Ellis' scripts uh, are, you know, supposedly pretty sparse. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder, like, how much of the building of this world is actually on Jason. Mm-hmm. Which is not an insult to Warren Ellis. Like, no. the story is very compelling, and I'm very interested to see where it goes. But, like, it, it's just, you know, I feel like Jason's getting to infuse a lot of what he wants into this, and I think that's good. Uh, yeah. No, I, I've, I've actually heard the same thing, and, and I... It's, it makes it all the more interesting. It's it's sort of like it reminds me a little more of uh, old you know classic comic book creation, but with credit. Where do you know? Whereas mm. whereas you know Ditko and Kirby really would build a lot of it, but they didn't get sort of any sort of storyteller credit, but they should have gotten it. So you know if that's what's going on here, he's really he's really doing something. Doesn't it also make you wonder about the rovers on Mars and what the bacteria on Mars think about those rovers? Is there bacteria on Mars? No, but I'm just oh, saying. There, there might some, be. I thought there, there was something be. I missed. Like, no, no, no. I mean, you know, it's possible. It, it's probable that there was at some point, and sure. it's possible that there could be some there now. But, like, that's, that's to me the analog that this book is driving at, is that, like, mm-hmm. we are landing autonomous, inhuman craft on other worlds as part of, a, you know, within our solar system, but still as part of the, like, routine that we're doing these days in our space programs. Mm-hmm. And... So what if, you know, what if the life that was on that planet was so beneath us that we just didn't even notice it? And really put they, that whole thing into context for me. You're welcome. I just, you got scienced. Yeah, that always happens. But I'm open to it, so it's totally cool. Uh, anyway, Side curious? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. I'm going to hang yeah, up You're now. not going to beat that. That's fine. Um, no, it was really good. You've got three really interesting storylines uh, with interesting people. Why, you know, like this... This Chinese kid and his burgeoning sexuality at the same time of the sort of scientists who are like something's fucked up here. Like it's uh, they're very it's very different. It's all over the place. I really like it. Been a big surprise for me. And now, letters. That's how we're going to start new segments. From now on. <laughs> letters and ratings. No ratings. That somebody else did that. That's their thing. Although you in my used mind, to steal their bits all the time. I, I did for a little while, but I didn't know that we were doing that because I'd never listened to it. And then once I knew what it was, I was like, "We can, I, can we, we gotta stop." This. And I refuse to add context to what we're talking about right now. So let's move on to letters. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I will do the first one, and then one of you will do one of the other ones. There it is. Uh, Joe writes in and says, "With the new fifty-two starting its third year, I've spent the better part of my day thinking." Thinking about how cooler it would have been had DC done a complete reboot of the universe, starting from ground zero. Would that have made a more interesting read? Also, do you think DC is why do you think DC isn't using the synergy of the movies like Marvel? Superman using a man of steel suit rather than the terrible one he wears now. What are your thoughts? Uh, are either of you reading any DC books at this point? Um nope. <laughs> Wonder Woman, but I'm probably dropping that soon. Yeah. Uh I tend to I'll, I'll grab something if you guys talk about it on the show, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't talk about a single DC book this week. It's because they're in the middle of their their event, their whatever. Yeah, they're doing that future end, and I'm yeah yeah yeah. We that's, I mean that's that's the main reason I haven't been picking anything aside from. I read I read some. The There's definitely I some read. DC I read, but it, but it's interesting with like with original sins. I stopped reading a bunch of books too. Like the events. Yeah. I, I know the events still function in the role that the publishers want them to in that more people do buy those books, but I don't. <laughs> I really just check out when the event starts. No, I agree. I kind of do the same thing. So that's fine. But yeah, unfortunately, 
Um, <laughs> like the 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 Batman Superman Greg Pak stuff has been nice and good. You know, um, Charles Soule's Superman Wonder Woman was good, but I guess that's done now. And Swamp Thing, although there's there's a yeah. going to finish those stories. They're going to get finished up. Um, I feel like I should be reading Batman sixty six, but I'm just not. I'm reading Jeff Parker's uh, 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 Aquaman still. I, like I'm reading. I feel like- I feel like Vertigo is in a bit of an... How did I not know Jeff Parker was writing Aquaman? I oh, need to probably pay attention. It's awesome. I mean, like, it's just super fun and silly. Like, it's a little kind of classic Aquaman. It's 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 uh, it's good. Uh, I like it. I've been reading that. Uh, you know, so there's definitely pockets of good stuff. But the sort of main stuff, I just don't care about. Um, which is fine. Well, which, which brings us to this question, which was, would it have been better? And there's a few ways to answer this. Would it have been better if, if they had just really rebooted it instead of a weird sort of half reboot? I was, yeah, I felt I was never really, well, really the only things that didn't get affected by the reboot reboot were the Batman universe, except for Batgirl and Green Lantern. And I felt like Green Lantern was out of, it was doing really, really well. And I felt like, but that was the most complicated, it had grown into the most complicated universe. Sure. Um, I felt like that one really could have used a nice, fresh build up from scratch. But, I mean, that's, that, that is what they did. Yes. Yeah, no, the, it, it is. And, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't good. Well, the things yeah, the, I, the things that I was excited about in the new Fifty Two were the things that were abandoned the most quickly. Like I was fascinated by the idea of having the authority in the DCU. I thought that that was a really cool concept. And then I read the first couple issues of that book, and I couldn't have cared less. Um, you know what I, I mean? Think, yeah, and I think the other thing too is it felt like like what Marvel's been doing with these like randomly like i feel like it started when they kind of randomly rebooted daredevil and hawkeye and now with thor it wasn't all new and then they started to, then they like threw a marvel now or an all new thing on it um but like with those first few books that they started doing it with where they're just like we're just gonna quietly just give a character a redesign or do a new take on it just make it a little bit fresher without trying to focus on this company-wide let's knock everything down and build it up from scratch i think that almost worked better than doing everything all at once Mm -hmm. i think there was way too much going on that they couldn't you know because it would have been awesome to have like the authority in the dcu but they're also focusing on like building all of these other things into this cohesive world that i think had they picked it off one at a time and just did a rolling kind of reboot quietly um it might have worked a little bit better i think they would i don't know if they rebooted everything i think that people would have run away people would really rebooted everything i think yeah. their sales would have fallen off a cliff and so that's why that didn't happen fully and, and and like at the same time you've got scott snyder who is super successful and popular on there mm-hmm. and you kind of wanted to tell him just do the thing you need to do mm-hmm. and work around it a little bit and then you had this green lantern thing which was really their only big new thing for years and years and years and they wanted to wring out as much of it as they can so they kind of left that one too you know and everything else they kind of rebooted but you know it was a little bit of it was clothing (laughs) yeah like here's some cosmetic yeah they did completely reboot wonder woman like in a full sort of way which is kind of interesting which everyone think was everyone said was really good but i don't get the sense that it's like a sales sensation or 
that people are talking about it anymore. Like they were talking about it in terms of the thing that happened, and now it, it sort of exists on its own. Which is yeah. the, which is traditionally the kind of thing that I like, and then no one buys. I was going to say, I kind of, and that's that's what I like about that book is that it it's allowed to do its own thing. Yeah, I mean, you still have Orion show up, which is cool. Uh, I mean, there's things that were good that came out of it, but would it have been better? I don't know. It's it's I don't even know. I think probably across the board, it would have been better if they had just started like 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 with the ultimate universe or something but i think that would have probably hurt them from a from a financial standpoint unfortunately that's the that's one of those sad reality things also and then his second question why aren't they making superman look like the superman from the movie i don't i don't know but i don't think anyone needs that either well they took, yeah, the, red, I don't, they took the red shorts away it's a step in the yeah direction. that's about it I, I don't think they have an expanded enough universe to really, I mean, what are they going to do? Design Batman to look like Batman and Superman to look like Superman? That's... Well, that's the thing is that's the thing they do in in, the, in Marvel. In right, Marvel. but Marvel's got a bigger cinematic universe. But it doesn't matter. They start doing it anyway. As soon as as soon as yeah. uh, like you know Wolverine started to look like Hugh Jackman, regardless, like that was just a thing. They sort of stylistically were like, do this, and here they just said make them look like these Jim Lee drawings, and then they did that, and that was it. But that wasn't really didn't really uh, related to anything, you know? Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. These are these are if questions that, are, that we can ponder over forever and ever, and I don't know. <laughs> it's <just laughs> terrible. Um, I feel like I feel like we sh- we should want to be able to answer that, but I don't know that I ever can. But I, they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't make it look like the movie thing. I don't think that that doesn't help. That's bad. Um. So if you uh, want to write us an email, you can send us an email to contact.fanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. If you do that, make sure to tell us where you're from, who you are, what your name is, and you know, don't make it a big rambling mess. But uh, uh, there you go. Um, do we have – you guys want to plug your stuff real quick? Is there any stuff that needs to be plugged? Well, I think both Ryan and I have joined the uh, Good Chip panels. Uh, uh, yes which is a new comic site that is coming out. I think we're launching October 1st, but you could go to panels.net, which is not.com, um, and sign up so that you can I find out when show, when start when, blowing when, stuff up. When Connor tries to get uh, Paul to give him details that Paul's not ready to give out yet. <laughs> show that I, that I do miss. Um, and for on my side of things, I do a little podcast called Science Sort of, and we're going to try our first uh, live show, something my fanboy used to do. We're going to take a page out of that playbook. We just did it like, oh, you mean like live in front of people? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <gasps> Bay, we're we're going to be, be at the Bay Area Science Festival in San Francisco, and uh, October 24th at 6.30 p.m., we're doing a live show. That's really cool. So please come, because <laughs> I'm terrified. What was the date again? October 24th. I have to go to San Francisco uh, sometimes. Imagine if I could arrange that. Oh, that'd be amazing. We'd have you on. You'd be a special guest. I don't know anything science. about science. That's the, why you're the guest. <laughs> okay. That's Everyone right. point and laugh at the Luddite. All right. Let's finish it up. <laughs> uh, head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show. You can talk about this week's books or you can find all of our other podcasts. Uh, Follow ifanboy on twitter.com slash ifanboy and then on the facebooks.com slash ifanboy. Uh, you can uh, follow the guys individually at at J.A. Flanagan. Uh, Ryan is at Haupt, which is H-A-U-P-T. I think I spelled that right. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter as at Wonder Alley. Cool. And finally, if you dig us, write us a review on Dig or iTunes. 
Or better yet, tell your friends about us, introduce your mom to podcasts, help spread the iFanboy love, put zip drives in a bottle and throw them out to sea. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the best way to go. All right. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh. I'm Ryan. I'm Ellie. All right. See you next week. I don't want no why